Hello, this is Sarah Hunter with Synthesis Podcast number two. Um, So I'm just going to jump right into the questions. What are congruence and commitment in the context of social change? Uh, Congruence and commitment are uh, categorized under the individual values section of the social change model. And they help define an individual on an individual level how successful a person will be in facilitating and encouraging change to occur. Uh, A person must know their own individual values in order to be able to be congruent or committed to a cause. Uh, Congruence is is connected to consciousness of self because in order to be congruent, one must first understand themselves and their core values and beliefs. And this is referenced in page 67 of the Leadership for a Better World text. Uh, In order to be congruent, one must align their inner beliefs with their outward behavior, also found on page 67 of the same text. And congruence is thinking, feeling, and behaving with consistency, genuineness, authenticity, and honesty towards others, found on the same page 67. Uh, Commitment implies intensity and duration. This is found on page 88 of the Camus text. In order for commitment to be sustained, It needs to stem from one's internal passions and motivations. And that's a quote from page 89 of the Camille's text. Uh, Knowing oneself will allow a person to commit themselves to do something they truly enjoy contributing to. Being passionate through commitment will allow an individual to work hard and persist through challenges. In order for someone to want to remain committed, they also need to feel welcome and supported within the work environment. That's found on page 93 of the Kumi's text. If a person feels like they can connect uh, their own personal values with those around them, they will feel accepted and motivated to contribute. I have recognized that I am a very curious person who wants to learn as much as possible. I want to be, and I want to be able to use that knowledge to help others. Uh, These traits have led me to wanting to contribute to the Blacksburg community by working with the Blacksburg Volunteer Rescue Squad. I find that my values of working to serve others and dedicating myself to my work uh, helps me stay committed. I work on staying congruent by working to learn as much as I can about patient care and then making sure that I put my knowledge to practice when we receive calls and need to take care of a patient. So what is diversity and inclusion? Uh, Diversity is recognizing the differences mainly between people uh, within a group. These differences can include people of various races, genders, sexual identities, or religions, just to name a few, uh, all being included into one group. Uh, Inclusion, according to the Introduction to Leadership text, is the process of incorporating uh, different individuals into a group or organization. And it's found on page 185. Uh, Inclusion incorporates accepting diversity. So both inclusion and diversity involve understanding the differences between people in a group or organization. However, there is a key difference that separates diversity from inclusion. Uh, Diversity simply recognizes the fact that there are differences between people and how people identify themselves. But inclusion not only recognizes these differences, 
but also accepts them. Uh, inclusion is the action of welcoming, accepting, and uplifting the differences between people in a group. Uh, some of the biggest barriers to diversity and inclusion have unfortunately been utilized in our country. Uh, these barriers include racism, xenophobia, white supremacy groups, stereotyping others, voting suppression, uh, voter suppression by not letting everyone get their voice heard, and ignorance. I find that one of the biggest problems is when people don't educate themselves about the problems of the world or the problems that the people around them are experiencing. Uh, without being aware of what is wrong, people don't know how to correct exclusion or assimilation practices. Educating people on how to act uh, is key to creating an inclusive space uh, that, that anyone will want to contribute and reach out and express, their, express themselves. Um, diversity and inclusion are very important when practicing leadership. I think when leaders practice uh, diversity and inclusion, uh, or practice inclusion but accept diversity, uh, members of the group feel like they will that they belong. According to the introduction to leadership text, diversity and inclusion in leadership uh, will make members feel five different things: make them feel safe, feel involved and engaged, feel respected and valued, uh, feel influential. Feel and feel authentic and whole. Each member or each of these factors are important when creating a supportive work environment. Uh, when people feel supported, they will be more likely to open up and share their own stories and perspectives. And I think it is important for a leader to make people feel safe enough uh, that they can contribute their own diverse thoughts and beliefs and everything. Uh, new perspectives and ideas are what make diverse groups so special and unique and also successful when um, working to accomplish some sort of goal or purpose. So what is collaboration and how is it achieved? Uh, collaboration is the ability for people to work together in a group and be able to work towards a common goal. The Leadership for a Better World text states that this happens most effectively when leaders and followers share responsibility, authority, and accountability. That's found on page 110 of that text. Uh, collaboration will be most successful when the people working together have formed relationships with each other. Now, I'm not talking about romantic relationships, but instead I'm talking about relationships with trust, commitment, and the ability to rely on each other to do your own respective part when working in a team. Additionally, collaboration works best when the group or team has created a common purpose, a goal, or vision together so that, know, so that they know what to work towards. And that's referenced from page 111 of the Leadership for a Better World text. And lastly, when Every member brings their own unique perspectives and ideas to the group work. Uh, collaboration will lead to new outcomes. So the Leadership for a Better World text on page 111 says that capitalizing on these differences is important for good collaboration. 
In order for these things to work with collaboration, a group must also fundamentally be able to compromise and to integrate different ideas into one. Um, and that group must also be able to cooperate. Now, with each of these factors, collaboration can be very effective. Uh, and thinking about how collaboration connects to the three C's of the individual values portion of the social change model, um, everyone is individually affected by collaboration. So their consciousness of self, commitment, and congruence is bound to deepen and develop through collaboration. And that's referenced from page 122 of the Camille's text. When people are actively collaborating, they will want to add their own values and priorities into the work. Uh, if someone is acting with congruence, then their contributions will reflect their values and beliefs, and they will be able to stay true to who they are. Collaboration also requires work uh, and contributions from every single member, meaning that everyone would be able uh, to stay committed and be committed to the work. Uh, if the work that people are collaborating on stems from their passions and their strengths, then that will not only speak to people's consciousness of self, but also will cause them to want to be more committed. Uh, one form of collaboration can be conducted through servant leadership. So the theory of servant leadership, according to Dr. Council's lecture video and uh, slides was formed in the 1970s to 1980s by Robert Greenleaf. So servant leadership emphasizes being a servant first and being a leader from that service second. A servant leader is meant to serve those around them, whether that be by helping followers grow as individuals and become who they want to be, or if it is providing for the less fortunate. Uh, they are supposed to balance characteristics of servants with those of leaders by emphasizing some of the balanced characteristics, such as stewardship, commitment to the growth of people, and building community. And that's sourced from Dr. Council's lecture. Uh, servant leaders practice stewardship by being trusted individuals, acting responsibly in situations, acting with their values, morals, and ethics in mind. Uh, they practice being committed to the growth of people by getting to know people individually, helping them through tough situations, and being a good listener. And servant leaders practice being uh, practice building community by including everyone in the group, listening to everyone's voice, supporting individuals, and bringing people together. A constructive climate is important for any group that is working together uh, and servant leadership helps to establish this work environment. A uh, constructive climate necessitates that a leader provide structure, clarify norms, build cohesiveness, and provide standards of excellence, according to page 160 of the Introduction to Leadership text. Uh, servant leaders already create environments of support and acceptance and set the expectations that People are supposed to live for the service of others. Servant leadership builds a constructive environment and climate by making it clear that people are expected 
to live to help others and help others grow. The collective group effort of working towards the same goal, the goal of service, uh, creates a cohesiveness between members. As long as people are being helped, supported, and listened to, a servant leader has accomplished creating a constructive climate in which people can effectively work towards a common goal. So what is this common goal, common purpose that I have been referencing throughout this podcast? A common purpose is the goal, ideal, or vision that a group works together to achieve. A common purpose must be grounded in the goals, passions, and values of the individual group members in order for it to be a a successful motivator for those members. And that's referenced from the Camille's text. Uh, People must feel invested in the common purpose for them to want to pursue accomplishing it. Creating a common purpose for a group requires collaboration between group members uh, to compromise and come to group conclusions. Uh, People must hear others' opinions and values in order to create a common purpose that everyone will be excited to work towards. A common purpose is also integral to the success of collaboration because without having something to work towards, uh, a group will not have a uniform idea of what they're supposed to do, and that can lead to chaos. An example of this comes from when I was in high school in the marching band as a band captain. I found that as I was leading groups of marchers, uh, some people the experienced marchers seemed to uh, continually be focused and present during rehearsals, while some of the newer members were not. Uh, The older members were more cooperative and willing to learn new things throughout the season because they understood that we were trying to work towards a common goal of earning a good score at the band state assessment. Uh, It took me a while to understand that the new members were less cooperative and more rowdy because they didn't understand the significance of our common goal. Uh, Their lack of understanding uh, and lack of investment led to chaos during some rehearsals uh, until we tried some new techniques of teaching them to help them understand and become focused on our common goal as a whole band. Uh, Once they understood the significance of what we were working towards, they were able to internalize that purpose and dedicate their time uh, to pursue it along with the other experienced members. And to end us, uh, the last discussion we're going to have in this podcast is talking about the five dysfunctions of a team and the characteristics of an ideal team player from Patrick Lencioni's. two different models. I hope I pronounced his name correctly. (laughs) So talking about the five dysfunctions of a team. Um, So Lencioni proposed that every team is able to become dysfunctional. Uh, And the five different factors that can lead to this dysfunction are absence of trust, uh, fear of conflict, lack of commitment, avoidance of accountability, and inattention to results. So 
absence of trust can include being reluctant to be vulnerable or admit mistakes and weaknesses in a team. Uh, fear of commitment is when team members don't feel that they can be honest or openly express their opinions. This leads to um, not coming to a common uh, conclusion or a group conclusion. Um, and without a, a big group conclusion that everyone individually can feel committed to, there's going to be a lack of commitment within the members of the group. Um, and without a clear plan in sight, people will maybe see no reason in calling out their uh, peers and holding them accountable to upholding the purpose or the plan that people don't see as valid. Um, and without a group uh, plan or goal, it tends to lead people to pursuing personal or individual goals instead. So being an ideal team player uh, involves members balancing being humble, uh, hungry, and smart. So humble is the accurate awareness of who you are and your strengths and weaknesses. And this speaks to the consciousness of self from so the social change model. Being hungry is wanting to contribute to the group in an effective way. This speaks to commitment. And being smart um, refers to managing your emotions and being able to understand the social dynamics of a group and how you fit into that dynamic. And this is referenced in the consciousness of self and congruence in the social change model. Um, because of how you express and contribute your strengths. Uh, there can be some extremes or imbalances of each of these strengths um, by not being able to express your opinions or not being able to um, balance listening to others or maybe man manipulating people to get what you want instead of considering the whole group. Um, and all of these lead to an imbalance of a team member making them a less ideal or less committed um, and uh, compromising player. So the five dysfunctions don't allow for people to express their consciousness of self, and it leads to poor absent collaboration. Uh, if there's an effective collaboration, then individuals don't have a good medium to be committed to the group. Uh, a person could eventually become co congruent with their actions, but this isn't necessarily a good thing because it would most likely be in the inattention to results stage where people are more focused on what they personally want um, and their own goals. Uh, in order for a group to be successful and bring about change, uh, they must be able to function together and individuals must be aware to balance hunger, humbleness, and their own smarts. Thank you for listening in to podcast, uh, this synthesis number two in podcast form. I hope you enjoyed what I said and I enjoy seeing you in the next class.